Welcome to the Marketing Millennials, the No BS Marketing Podcast. I'm Daniel Murray, and join me for unfiltered conversations with the brains behind marketing's coolest companies. The one request I tell our guests, stories or it didn't happen. Get ready to turn the f*** up. When it comes to creating video content for YouTube or any platform really, we often recommend that whenever people mention the word uh, algorithm, they actually replace it with the word audience. You can do all of the optimizations in the world, but if the core idea is it doesn't inspire and the creative execution is wrong and doesn't entertain and keep people watching, then the video is not going to be pushed by the algorithm. How can you create a better experience for your prospects, automate the handoff to sales, and fill your pipeline with quality leads? The answer, Canly. Visit Canly.com for your personalized demo. What's up, Tyler and Connor? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having us. Super excited to be here. Thank you so much. This is amazing. I want to kick it off and ask, how did you both get into marketing? I guess our, our story kind of really started out by um, being in media, right? So it started out actually where, you know, we ended up uh, leaving university to sort of pursue our passion in journalism. And we ended up uh, hiking across Canada and uh, do hitchhiking rather across Canada and doing a story on the Northern Gateway Pipeline. Um, and after kind of returning with that body of work, it was like a multi-month project we ended up uh, getting an opportunity to start our own online publication. So we ended up doing like an unconventional uh, lifestyle publication. And this was really in like that that heyday of Facebook like articles. After about six months of doing that, it really started to pop off. And like we did an average monthly page views of 2 million with like a peak of 4 million. And through that, we ended up doing some advertising deals with sponsors like Vice Media, uh, Tresemme, uh, Rebtel, and kind of got into it that way. But, you know, we were a pretty young team at that point, and we did have some growing pains with monetization. So after that, we ended up moving on and working at another media company uh, called Herb, which was the world's largest cannabis media company. And we ran the content department there. Uh, that's when we really started to get into more video projects. So we were doing a bunch of uh, brand-sponsored and also organic content video um, on Facebook, really growing that audience. Um, and we worked with a bunch of brands through that and did some brand-sponsored documentaries as well. So after that, I began working at Shopify, where I was tasked with the goal of building a high-intent audience on YouTube. So we basically started a new YouTube channel that would provide new entrepreneurs the knowledge they need to grow a successful business. So in a nutshell, what this channel does is it provides uh, coaching on everything from generating a business idea to marketing strategies, business finance, and more. So I ended up actually collaborating with uh, Tyler on uh, some of the scripting for that. And the channel really took off. So I think right about now we're at uh, around 250K a thousand subscribers, which I think for the niche that we're currently working in is absolutely insane growth. So during that time, we basically realized that, uh, you know, marketing and media are like really increasingly starting to look alike in this day and age. Content is basically like the superpower that 
drives it all. So what we ended up doing was uh, starting contact studios to help brands build profitable audiences. So basically, Contact Studios is like your brand's personal media company where we help you publish blog and video content at scale. One thing is you're really passionate about is video and video as a marketing tool. How do you think about video as a marketing tool and how should marketers think about executing video as a video strategy in their company? When it comes to creating video content for YouTube or any platform, really, we often recommend that whenever people mention the word uh, algorithm, they actually replace it with the word audience. And actually, this was a quote that we heard from Mr. Beast that really, really clicked with us. You can do all of the optimizations in the world, but if the core idea is doesn't inspire and the creative execution is wrong and doesn't entertain and in- keep people watching, then the video is not going to be pushed by the algorithm. Because I think a lot of people kind of succumb to this idea that their videos are really better than they are. And they think somehow that the algorithm is like uh, the villain that's trying to prevent them from achieving success. But at the end of the day, instead of trying to trick the algorithm, it's much more wise for you to focus on consistently raising the bar of your content. Because if you think about it at the end of the day, the algorithm is actually incentivized to push good content. So... What I would suggest is people focus on that and where they really should focus on is really two main levers, which is one, are people clicking on the video, right? Is their title optimized and is their thumbnail optimized? Two, are people sticking around to watch their video for the long term? So right there, the main metric I would recommend them looking at is audience retention. If people are only sticking around for 30% of your video, there's something wrong. Like you want to be aiming for at least 50% or more. Like if you're hitting 70%, like you're in the top echelon and you're going to have no problem with YouTube recommending your content at that point. So, you know, when you're just starting your channel, don't necessarily focus on views, focus on like those two metrics first, because those are actually going to contribute to views and to subscribers because ultimately it means your content is awesome. So. When it comes to specifically YouTube, a lot of people think about it as like the world's second largest uh, search engine, right? And they think about it in the same way that you would kind of approach uh, doing, say, like an SEO driven blog post or something like that. But the reality is, is that so much traffic is generated from discovery and like that home page on YouTube that basically like you really need to hone in on like the emotional draw of your videos uh, if you want to get like that CTR, right? So things like uh, really making that thumbnail bold and emotionally impactful and actually telling a story. I think a lot of people, when it comes to the thumbnail, they think about it as some sort of afterthought, right? You know, they finish the video and the video is done. So then they do the thumbnail after. But I guess this is like from like our media background, the way we always kind of thought about it is if you can't really come up with like a good thumbnail and a good headline, then there's no way that your video is going to do well. It's almost like come up with a great headline and a great thumbnail first And then you can almost like build out the video from around that. It's sort of like if you were talking about like, you know, movies, uh, people are always talking about uh, delivering like a high con something that is like high concept or uh, something that will have like broad audience appeal. So if you don't have that thumbnail and that headline that has that broad audience appeal, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure from the get go. 
I think the good point you're making too is like the first goal of a video is to get someone to watch it. The second goal is to get someone to sit, stay. But if you don't get someone to watch it, they're never gonna even watch it to stay long enough to to stay. So optimize first for the watch and then optimize for the stay. And also what one thing I thought was, I love the Mr. Beast quote, I saw it as well. And I think the main part that I get out of that quote and you, you, you two have said it is like, it's great content that your audience likes. It's not great content that anybody else likes. Like you might think it's great content, but great content is the reason why something works on TikTok or LinkedIn or stuff like that is because the audience is resonating with it. The algorithm is going to push what the audience wants and it's clicking on and liking. So keep doing that. So I want to just go into that a little bit more, but I want to go into how do you take like a, a long form video? Cause we talked about those little, and start thinking about it as a short form video. For a long time, uh, people have sort of subscribed to that, uh, like Gary Vaynerchuk content pyramid where you would create like that, like longer pillar content in the case of video, like a long form video and then do cut downs. However, I think though that in this age of like YouTube shorts and things like that, that it's not always the best tactic, uh, because, you end up having to make a lot of compromises, right? Like if you take a really like a long form video and you're trying to cut it down, it's like, okay, well, where's the hook? You only have like that material that is like right there. So rather we kind of think about like shorts as like, we'll write specific scripts for those shorts so we can capitalize on those like emotional moments that are like necessary things like making sure we have like a strong hook that has like a magnetic quality to it um, making sure that we can like optimize like the pacing rather than just trying to like chop like up something we already did and repurpose it that being said when doing long form videos you can also like script shorts into the shoot right so it's like um, and that's uh, that's another way to do it so rather than waiting until you're kind of like in the editing room and you only have what you've actually shot, like pre-plan, what are the short moments going to be in the video so that you can make sure that you have, you know, that strong hook and, and the strong pacing and all that type of stuff to make sure that the video is actually going to succeed. And you're not just using sh like the short form is almost like um, recycled long form content. Obviously, there are major exceptions to this rule, specifically like, I mean, there are always exceptions to any platitude, but when people are on podcasts, for example, I think that's a bit of a different story because you often can find those quotable moments. But if we're talking about sort of standalone videos, I would definitely advise writing specific scripts for the short form. How do you think about it for like scalability? Because like for like a platform like YouTube Shorts or like TikTok, getting content out fast and quick is also important where like YouTube, you could kind of do the Mr. Beast thing where it's like, I'll create one great video a week and it'll be fine because it's a one big idea and it's a longer time to produce. So how do you think of it of like rapidly producing videos? So when we think about uh, scale for video, I think you got to solve the quality problem before you solve the quantity problem. So until your video is like, you know, gaining that top spot on search and your videos are consistently retaining viewers and just getting uh, recommended by the algorithm, you really shouldn't be thinking on how can I make more, 
because at the end of the day, all that you're doing is causing yourself to have a lot more pressure. And like, I think with video, more shots on net doesn't necessarily equal more goals, right? Oftentimes, it's a lot better to focus on making one really, really good video. And once you can see that it's performing, you can kind of do a bit of a retrospective on it, look at the analytics, and really kind of take that data and use it to inspire your next videos. And then basically from there, once you have the formula, it's a lot easier to start scaling things out. So I think also like there's like the reality is, is like, you know, you don't need to be doing that style where, you know, people are putting out like five videos a day and they think that they need to be doing like this churn and burn um, or sort of feeding the beast mentality. Because the reality is that, you know, the world doesn't actually need more content. What we need is better quality content. I think like there is truth, right? When people are saying like, put out like a ton of videos and you'll learn. And the truth there is that the more effort you put in and the more hours you put in, the better you get at something. But that being said, you can also optimize for the amount of uh, hours and effort that you're putting into uh, specific videos, right? Rather than trying to put out five or six videos that are going to be like middling quality at best, you can also uh, optimize that. Maybe you, you, put, you just put out two that you're really putting uh, your back into. I want to just go into a little breakdown of what makes like a quality video? Like what is the breakdown of that quality? If you're writing a script, like how do you think about it? I know one of the most important parts is probably like what you said before is like figure out that the thumbnail and what the, the caption or headline is. But then after that, how do you think of like breaking up the script? So th- then the next most important thing, right? Like if you think about the whole, the thumbnail and the title, they're basically promising something to the audience. So the next thing you really have to think of is those first 30 seconds. Like, are you delivering on your promise, right? Basically, that's the most important part of your script. You should write, rewrite that a couple times and make sure that when the audience arrives, like they're getting what they came for. It's about writing simply, right? Like you want to be able to write it so that a 12-year-old can understand it, especially if you're talking about complex marketing topics. You know, you want to get rid of the jargon. Uh, like that complexity can hurt audience retention, right? The next thing you want to think about after that is... Uh, keeping people there, right? So you want to add novelty every 10 seconds or so, right? And what I mean by that is, you know, adding in some different pattern interrupts, right? So you could add in some surprise, some humor, or some insight to kind of make that viewer's journey enjoyable. And then I would also say, write as if you're writing or you're speaking to a single person as well. A lot of people make the mistake of when they're writing a script, thinking that they're giving a TED Talk. And in reality, that can kind of come off a little rigid, robotic, and slightly inhuman, right? So realistically, people want to be talked to like they're a friend on YouTube. So that's how you want to be uh, writing it. And how you can really solve that problem is making sure that you're reading it aloud while you're writing it. Another thing I would suggest is making sure that you're not just writing the dialogue, but that you're also writing in the B-roll that you want uh, in certain editing techniques, in certain music and stuff. I think when it comes to just video in general, the adage we'll fix it in post doesn't necessarily really work. Uh, So you wanna be able to make sure that you're planning as much ahead in pre-production so that by the time that script hits your editor and uh, they can see the footage, like your vision basically comes to life instantly. 
that point is super, super strong about the uh, making sure you're not just writing for the dialogue. Because, you know, I think we all have watched a ton of videos where they almost feel like a blog post in like spoken format. And the reality is with video, there are some things that can be better explained visually or some moments that can be better added to with like this sonic element of video as well through SFX, music, things of that nature. So I think that that's just an important thing to remember. And then that the ratio between minutes watched to novelty is super important. The more novelty that you can add in those minutes, then the video is going to be more enjoyable to watch. How can you create a better experience for your prospects, automate the handoff to sales, and fill your pipeline with quality leads? Canly's scheduling automation helps marketers convert high-value leads and quickly connect them to sales. Visit Canly.com for your personalized demo. One of the podcast things I want to do is basically take like the story. I have a story send and make it a podcast episode. But one thing I was like, when I was like, is like to the editing team, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I want to rewrite it as more of a script so I could say, oh, they said this quote in this video or in this like commercial. Could you roll up that commercial, like write that into the script, not just be like, okay, they said this commercial and not leave any room for it to put in the script because then it's going to leave the editor guessing of like what I was, I was thinking. And also the newsletter format was like, it is meant for writing. Like I wrote, wrote it to optimize for writing. I wasn't writing it to optimize for video. So like what you just said is such a like great insight. Like I was thinking of it not as intensely as how you thought it, but I was just like, I need to write this newsletter, like a script. Now I can't just like start reading out my newsletter and hope it hits as a podcast. It's definitely interesting you say that too, because like you mentioned, you know, the CTA or like the brand sponsored placements, right? This is like a typical example of people often just like throwing it in last minute. And honestly, if you look at the audience retention graph, that's often where people fall off. And I think if you look at someone like Mr. Beast, he's a perfect example of someone who does it right. He actually makes the uh, brand sponsored placement part of a challenge, right? So like if you look what he did for HoneyBook, for example, like basically like at that exact moment, you're watching it because you're interested to see if this uh, character in his video will actually win that prize money, right? And it just blends so seamlessly with that brand placement. I think that that's a perfect example of doing it right. That's such a good point. I'm just thinking of like, how I could translate that into like a podcast format. I like saying like, how could I take a sponsor and just like make it organic in a conversation that I am talking with one of my guests. So that's like interesting. If I could blend in a question that would fit the sponsor instead of just saying like, Hey, here's me reading the tagline of the sponsor. It's uh, also interesting with uh, sometimes the way that like you write for like when you're reading with your eyes, it's just different than writing for it to be read aloud. So when writing for video, it is like, obviously you're going to sound crazy and, uh, <laughs> but it's nice to be like writing and then start reading what you're saying aloud, because then you can hear like, does this sound conversational? Does this sound natural? And like I said, it doesn't always translate the same way it does on the page. Another thing that is also really interesting is 
Uh, there's a YouTuber right now, and he only started in t- 2020, and he's grown really fast. His name is Mr. Ballin. And the way that he asks for you to subscribe to his channel is super interesting. Every time he almost like says like this sentence that doesn't really like fully make sense where he's asking you to like subscribe, but he says it in such a way that it's like you kind of lean in and you're like, wait, what is this guy saying? It's very funny the way he says it, but it's just... I think coming up with those interesting ways, like Graham Stefan also does that does it really interestingly. Like he doesn't do that classic thing where at the end he goes like don't forget to like and subscribe. He'll throw in like a a joke and tie it to like smashing the like button or smashing the subscribe button. And I think that's really, really smart because it doesn't seem like they're asking you for something because they're giving you like a joke or making you laugh at the moment that they're asking you for something. So they're they're giving before they are trying to extract value from the audience. And I think that's super important. What is a marketing hill you both would die on? I would say that the most important thing I personally think, and I will die on this hill, is that there is nothing more important in marketing than uh, content creation. You know, I think for the previous decade, the conversation around marketing has really been a lot around like the mathematics of it or like a very scientific approach. And like a lot of the conversation is, you know, around things like what is the algorithm doing this week or what crazy algorithm like updates that they make? What are these like sketchy black hat SEO hacks we can use? Or, you know, how can we stock customers with these like cookies and pixels? And that's really a lot of what the conversation has been for the last decade. But I think in reality, like the goal of marketing is to leave that kind of emotional impression on a person so much so that they feel the need to stand up and take action. And I think, you know, with the slow death of third party cookies, people are really starting to kind of go back to those basics and realize that, you know, storytelling and content creation are like really at the core of what is it, what is moving the needle here. You are basically just like reverse engineering, like like a scientific like model like you're saying like have a hypothesis prove out the hypothesis see the data if the data is good or bad then you go do the high like content creation is kind of a scientific experiment every like video you're doing is a scientific experiment because you have to i have a hypothesis this idea would hit with my audience oh let me just write a script to see if it will hit my oh which parts did work i'm going to take out the parts that work and didn't talk, take the parts that didn't work and then see if it works so there is science involved in it it's just not like everything is based on like you can be irrational if you don't have a hypothesis you could just then there's no hypothesis you just will say hey based on the data i think we should talk about this topic not like i have a cool idea that i want to test that is my hypothesis now i'm going to go test it and see if it works so i still think there's like science involved in it i just think people just need to re-engineer like it is still science it's just a more of a creative way to do science yeah I, i think that just sort of the science has dominated the conversation more so where it was almost like the creative aspects were almost being like a bit more devalued in the conversation, right? Like, for example, like with Facebook ads for a long time, you could get by with running like not that great creative because the targeting was so great. And now that the targeting is not the best, like we're starting to realize that you can't really like succeed by just like hiring, you know, some people on Fiverr or something like that to make like bad quality creative, or you can't just exclusively run templates on Canva. 
every single year content is increasing. And what you said early in the conversation, both of you, is that now you don't need more content, you just need better quality content. And that should spill into ads. We don't need more ads, we just need better quality ads out there. And like that's why now like the competition for space was not as high when the people were doing this this mathematical like, oh, let's do this audience. Now everybody's figured it out so they can pump bad content. And now you, what's going to win is the great content that is pumped to that audience. Totally. So I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that. It's all about iteration at the core of it, right? Like it takes a long time to get like what is in your head to match that. And then at the end of the day, yeah, you have the hypothesis, you put it out and you see kind of what happens and you change your judgment or conclusions based on that. But also not making sure you don't get like that kind of like data paralysis where you know, you're spending way too long trying to analyze something that you think is like going to go big. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, the data really just tells you what has happened before. And like, sometimes you do have to follow your intuition to run that experiment to figure out, have you found something new that actually would work? What are some trends that you're seeing that people should jump on right now? I think vertical video is probably one of the most important places brands should be placing their budget right now. Like it's really the future. Like even if you look at uh, your audience breakdown on YouTube, you'd probably see that at least 50 or 60% of them are coming from mobile. So starting to create content that's optimized for that. Um, I also think when it comes to the future of advertising, you want to focus on mimicking organic content. Because at the end of the day, like, you know, your top of funnel videos are like meant to garner attention. So the best way to do that is by giving them the content that they're already watching on those platforms. And what you can do is you can basically run your content as organic content and then double down on the winners and start putting some paid ad spend behind them. And it would be as simple as just changing at the CTA at the end and republishing that video. You already know you have a winner people's eyes aren't going to glaze over when they see this come on their screens as well. So yeah, basically create vertical video that's native to the platforms you're trying to run ads on. The point you made about paid advertising is great because to me, paid advertising is just guaranteed distribution to your target audience versus like organic is just like it, whatever catches on, catches on. Obviously the best content catches on, but like, if you think of it like that, then you would you can guarantee that great content gets distributed to your audience in the right way. And that's why organic content would be great because it's already worked before and you've seen it worked and you proved it out. If someone was starting out in video or marketing today and they came up to you for some advice, what is some advice that you would give them that they would come back to you a few years later and thank you for? So I guess one of the things I would say to like really focus on is the aspect of the writing. Writing is is really the foundation of the video. If like you don't have good concepts for videos and you don't have good a good way of communicating it, it's it's like you can do a lot of stuff in editing and like you can make it look really good in production, but at the end of the day like there's a, a million movies on Netflix that look amazing, but the story just doesn't capture us. So, so we end up not wanting to watch. And I think the same thing is true with YouTube. So I would say focus on that part because at the end of the day, like 
as you are going out to scale, you're probably going to need to start working with uh, partners that will help you on like the post-production editing aspect of it and maybe even like on the production element. And those areas are actually easier to work with technicians than it is to find someone that like can write and be able to come up with like the ideas and tell stories that are going to resonate with your audience. And if you try and export that aspect of it, you're setting yourself up in a bit of a precarious position. So I would say focus on that uh, to start. Also, I guess understand that like when you're creating this content, the process is iterative, right? So the first draft of your video is not going to be the one that people see. So uh, you need to make like constant iterations and constantly be pushing the envelope on your content uh, to make it better in general. Another thing I would also suggest is if you're thinking on starting a YouTube channel right now, I would focus on vertical video. It's a lot easier to master one minute than it is to master seven minutes. And the concepts can be applied to seven minutes later down the line. So I would say double down on that. YouTube right now is uh, going to start um, doubling down on YouTube shorts and their ad uh, spend with uh, their creators fund in January. So any creator right now should be highly incentivized to start making shorts on that platform right now. It's the same thing I tell people about like writing content, like start with like writing like a short piece that is good than writing the long piece. Because one, if you understand like that every sentence should guide someone to the next sentence and the next sentence should get, once you do that a couple of times, you can start making it longer and longer. But a lot of people make the mistake with written content is that they write this long post and they'll be like, oh, it's a, I'm like, yeah, dude, it was a great idea, but it's not written for someone to like digest it. It's written because it's a great idea, not because someone digested it. So like that's such, that's why sometimes I don't create long posts because I know like it's hard to write a good long post. It's not easy if you do it the right way. Developing like that restraint and that taste is so difficult. So I feel like starting small is, is, is wise for sure. The last thing I have is where could people find what you two are up to or find you on social or anything like that? So if you want to check out our website, you can go to contactstudios.com. And if you want to check out our YouTube channel, we're uh, Fife Brothers on YouTube. Awesome. Well, thank you too for joining. This has been great. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much for listening. Tune in next week to hear more great insights from marketing's coolest operators. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the Marketing Millennials podcast and giving it a five-star rating. It helps bring more marketers into our community.